across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. What is Youth Day about? That's the conversation that we're going to be having in a moment. I'd love to hear from you in terms of how you would like to see the day being used. One certainly gets the sense that we are stuck in this monotony over the day, you know, and it's important for us, uh, you know, to see politicians going to memorial sites and uh, remembering those that have contributed so much uh, to the struggle and so much to where we are today. But is that it? Is that where it ends? That we we see them at the memorial parks, we hear from the president, and that that seems to be the end of the youth agenda on the 16th of June. Because on every other day of the year, there is a crisis where young people are concerned. That, however, doesn't seem to be getting the kind of attention that it needs to. And and I'll certainly take your views on this matter uh, as we continue with the show. For now, of course, today we are under uh, some tighter restrictions on lockdown level three. Uh, following that announcement by the president last night, uh, let me welcome onto the show Kashif Wickholm. He's the president of the uh, Progressive Professionals Forum. Kashif, good morning to you. Good morning, Cassie, and thank you for having us on the show this afternoon, this morning. Well, I guess when we look at the pattern of addresses that the president has been giving us over the past year, it's become almost predictable as we enter the, the third wave of this pandemic in the country, what the president is going to say, most importantly, what he's going to do. It looks like we only have one response uh, to increasing numbers of COVID-19 infections. You see, Cathy, and, and that's the problem that we have. And, and, and as the PPF, we've been saying this since March of 2020. Uh, South Africans, all 58 million out of us, wait for our president to address us every other month and tell us what we can and can't do. Mm. When, in fact, the fight of the, of the COVID-19 infection can never, ever be left up to the state alone. It never can be ever left up to the police alone and the nurses alone um as south africans we must adhere to the so to the protocols as given to us in order that we can combat the the actual um, the, the virus so no matter what restrictions our government puts upon us <clears throat> it is our social behavior and our day-to-day behavior only which is to combat the spread of the COVID-19 vaccine. It's interesting that you, you should say that, Kashif, because while, you know, things like the kind of measures that we've been told about social distancing, uh, you know, wearing a face mask, sanitizing, etc., are, are crucial you know, in the fight against COVID-19. There are some scientists who are pointing to deeper issues that perhaps we haven't really um, understood that, that, could well be co- that could well be contributing to why the numbers and the trends in this country happen in, in the way that, that we've seen them happen. Yes, I mean, look, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I don't want to, to question your scientists that you've quoted, but, but everybody in social media has become a doctor in... In, in, in medicine recently giving uh, uh, rulings on it. I think that the fight for COVID-19 again has got various levels of defense or lines of defense. Mm. The first line of defense is our social behavior. The second line of defense would be regulations and the third line of defense would be those things that we're still discovering 
as a as a world as a nation because this vaccine is a, is what a year and a half two years old but i think the important thing here Kathy, and as the ppf you know the ppf was formed because we encourage and promote patriotism amongst africans in our particular instance amongst professionals and entrepreneurs because we believe that the state on its own cannot address the challenges we face as a nation we also believe that the state on its own obviously doesn't have all the answers to a particular challenge. And so therefore then we have availed our skill set uh, as an advocacy group uh, to assist the state to where it is going right and to remind it where it is doing wrong or can do better. And the same thing mm. here, the PPF and you and SAFM and all law-abiding citizens and South Africans with care call on all of us to one, abide by lockdown level three, and two, to abide by the obvious measurements that were put in place. I still find it, Cathy, uh, sad amongst the community that I come from and amongst Africans that there are over 60-year-olds who are entitled to get the vaccine who still do not go. Um, because they saw some video on social media where somebody's left leg um, was amputated because the, the flesh got um, affected, etc., etc., etc. I find it very, very disappointing and sad. I find it sad that there are teachers in South Africa today, and we must address this as well, Kathy. There are up to 500,000 vaccines available for teachers, 300,000 to 500,000. There are teachers who are refusing to take the vaccination. Now, I don't have an issue with a teacher not taking it. It is his right to do so. It is his or her right to do so, and if they want to face the vaccine and the consequences thereof, again, is their right. However, they have a legal responsibility towards the learners which they are teaching who may get the vaccine, uh, the virus from them, and who then will pass it on to their elderly gogo mothers and grandfathers. And that's the issue that I have. Every step that we as Africans take today has got a multiple effect on other fellows for Africans. Sure. And, and the point that you're raising is that um, the fact that people have had more access to disinformation than to credible information shows a failure, at least on the part of government communication, in terms of educating the nation about this virus, about the vaccines and what it is that people can expect where the vaccine is is concerned. That communication has simply not filtered to where it is required. And, and you find that government then is on the back end of the conversation trying to correct what people have already believed to be the truth. I agree with you, Cathy. And you know, South Africa is a very, it's, it's, a, it's a conundrum, but there's always been a conundrum of a country. It's in the top 30 uh, of economic countries globally, but it, it has third world challenges. Our third world challenges that we have, a 30% unemployment rate, our third world challenges are that not everybody has, not everybody has access to, to, to the internet or Google. Our third world challenges are electricity and the shortage of waters, etc., etc. et cetera. And we've got rolling blackouts. So we need to merge these two, and you are correct that there needs to be, other than just the regulation of the rules, there must be an education by the state on what the effects of COVID is and to debunk the myths. To some extent, I think, Kathy, the state has almost wished away these myths that are flying around on social media and made it as if they don't exist, but they must tackle them head on. Mm. I think also I want to say to you, Kathy, via UNSAFM, it is high time that our ministers have press conferences and press briefings. 
and at talking shows and talking heads. We love our president. We love the family meetings. But issues such as this, there needed to have been engagement between the president and the representatives of our media, such as yourself, to tackle these issues and to advise them on matters. Okay, and Chief, I think that yeah. would be my one of one of the other ad, ad, advisory notes we'd give our government. Kashif, the, the, the biggest difficulty is that without a vaccine, without enough people being vaccinated, South Africa seems to uh, be stuck in the cycle where we will literally be going a stop and start, um, guided by the numbers of infections in the country. I, I don't imagine that that's good in particular for business and um, for, for working people of this country. No, look, not at all. I mean, I think the the fact that last night, uh, you, you we all know that our restaurants and our bars and our gyms are now closing at 9 o'clock in the evening. And, of course, that has got a negative impact and effect on, 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 on that business. Now, in fact, I think even if they didn't close, I think people would go less and less to restaurants over the next couple of days or weeks because the, the, there's been a spike um, in the infections. That will only be combated if we can increase our daily vaccination intakes or, or, or rollout. Uh, currently, we are doing about 150,000 per day. Our president says that it should be at 250,000 per day soon, and the target is 300,000 vaccinations per day. We have we know that there were 2 million uh, vials destroyed by J&J, and President Ramaphosa says by the end of June, we would have received 3.1 million vaccinations in a country of 50-odd million, 58 million people. So the only way we are going to be able to return back to normal, normal being before March 2020, is with the herd immunity, 60% of our nation being vaccinated, uh, Kathy. And if you run the quick numbers on 300,000 per day, it will take a while to get to that point. And what do we do? What can we do as South Africans? I think the only thing we can do is to comply. What must South African government do? I think, Kathy, we propose that they must they must really, really get their house in order. I mean, the fact that our Minister of Health is on special leave is a concern to us. Must be a concern to us. He really was on top of his game. And with the digital vibes issue that happened, it, I mean, it was the right thing for him to to step or to, to take leave as, special leave as he has. But the impact of that on the rollout of our vaccine cannot be underestimated. All right. All right. Let's leave it there for this morning. Uh, Kashif Wickham is the president of the Progressive Professionals Forum there, uh, weighing in on the announcement made by the president last night in terms of the restrictions. Um, what, are, what are your reflections in terms of whether or not we are as innovative uh, innovative rather as we can be when it comes to responding to the current challenges that uh, we're facing where, pe- where COVID-19 and this pandemic is concerned. Um, you know, we seem to have run out of options, uh, tighter restrictions, lockdowns. That seems like it's going to be the order of the day. Um, how can we begin to change that? What is the kind of thinking that we can introduce um, that perhaps may provide solutions that are not just centered on some sectors of the economy? having to give something up. And these are sectors that have already struggled, by the way, and I'm not minimizing um, just the threat that COVID-19 poses. Of course, we have to do everything that we can 
to stop the spread of this virus. Um, vaccines would be a way to go, but that doesn't seem like it's going according to plan. So how else can government be responding to this pandemic? Uh, I'd really love to hear from you on that subject as well. The number to use this morning, 11 I'll be taking your calls in a moment on WhatsApp, 0614-104-107 and on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Don't forget, a special broadcast taking place today will be simulcasting with Radio 2000 and myself and Ndombi Piri. That's going to be uh, from 10 o'clock to midday. I'm really, really uh, looking forward to it. All right, Mandla Jimmy, I'll begin with you when we come back.